Welcome to the Help One Child podcast. This is the show that equips adoptive and foster parents with information from experts in the fields of trauma and attachment. Our hope is that with every episode, you will find helpful insights and practical parenting tips. My name is Kristen Wynn Reyes, and I am your host today. Do you have a child who joined your family through adoption, foster care, or a kinship placement? If you're listening to this podcast and you answered yes, you're in exactly the right place. Our topic today is cultivating gratitude with our children from hard places. And our guest is Lori Dorico. She is a board-certified psychiatric nurse practitioner. She's received trauma approach mentoring, and she has over 40 years' experience as a healthcare provider with a holistic approach to educating and empowering her clients that are both children and adults. She has been in private practice as the CEO and owner of Mind Over Matter Mental Health, for the past five years, which received the Best of Spokane Award two years in a row. She is experienced in medication management, psychotherapy, non-invasive uh, neurofeedback, heart rate variability training, deep transcranial magnetic stimulation, and also Lori is a mother of five adult children, a grandmother, a past foster parent of 14 children, and she's an adoptive mother to four. So welcome, Lori. We're delighted to have you here and to learn more about how we can cultivate gratitude both for ourselves and for our children to strengthen our families um, and hopefully, you know, build more resilience, build more gratitude for our children from hard places. Well, welcome, Lori. I am so grateful to have you here uh, from Washington today to bless our Help One Child uh, foster, adoptive, and kinship families. Thank you for recording this podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Could you please share a little bit more about yourself and how you came to have a heart for foster and adoptive children? I have always thought it would be very cool to be a foster mom when I was a child and I was concerned about children growing up without a mom or a dad to help guide them to become productive adults. So I, I and uh, so when I finally found uh, the right partner that also shared that dream with me, we, we decided to do that. So, and I, I don't regret any of it. <laughs> Wonderful. I know having that right partner is just half the battle, right? <laughs> to do this important parenting work. What what is um just jumping right into our topic now, what is gratitude and why are you so passionate about it that we should cultivate an attitude of gratitude? So gratitude basically is the ability to be mindful of the, the gifts that we receive every day and to be able to appreciate that and verbalize to the important people around us how we feel about that. that that's gratitude. The reason why it's so important, uh, the benefits are well known. Uh, it improves our health, basically. It enhances our mood, reduces stress. 
it increases self-esteem, and it improves relationships. The other piece that I love, because my background is a cardiac nurse, actually being grateful, just exercising a grateful activity every morning, it generates a chemical called oxytocin, which is very, very friendly. It's very heart friendly, and that is that is so helpful for our own health. So those are the reasons why it's really important. Yes, and every reason you listed, it feels like that is exactly what we want for our children from hard places, right? All of those benefits. Definitely, we want to figure out ways to cultivate those. And so I'm excited to hear more about how we can practice gratitude. Because our children have lost so much, Lori, and didn't have all they needed in earlier uh, stages for healthy development, how might we be sensitive um, to supporting our child um, to cultivate and practice gratitude um, to help them and honor where they come from? You know, being, being a mom, being a parent is such an important job. And being attuned with any child is very significant. That is actually such a great way to help these children grow up with resilience and they're able to handle stress so much better if they have a good attachment with mom or primary caregiver. So um, by modeling um, um, good behavior, uh, respect, good manners, um, these children coming into our home who have suffered a great deal of maltreatment oftentimes, um, it's just seeing that adult and um, that's how they can learn no matter what circumstance they're coming from. I was just going to say these children are doing the very best they can. They are in survival mode most of the time. And so what they're doing, they have found a way to survive their circumstances. And they, I mean, we all, as, as parents and caregivers, we need to be grateful for these kids that they have survived. That's, a, that's where we should be coming from and understanding that some of these behaviors that may look a little odd if somebody doesn't have any experience with them, these behaviors work for these children at a younger age. And it's a matter of helping them to learn some new coping skills because maybe these skills are not quite appropriate now because they're not in the same situation, but gently we can actually help them to transition to some new and appropriate coping skills. Yes. And I love, yeah, that a lot of the emphasis needs to be on our adapting our expectations, which is I think a major mindset and parenting shift that um, is part of this journey of parenting foster adoptive children. Um, the, other, the other thing I wanted to bring out is, you know, um, our brain, uh, our brain has, um, the, our children, a lot of their learning comes from uh, mirror neurons in our brain. And so what they see <laughs> is how they're learning. They don't necessarily have to do it, but just watching other people, their parents. So it's so, so important to be able to model the behavior that we want our children to 
And so, you know, children learn what they live, right? And so to be able to, as parents, show our gratefulness at every step of the way will help foster that in our children. Yet many times um, our children will be uh, saying things to us that are a little off-putting and uh, such as um, uh, when you get into a conflict, uh, they might get upset with you and say, well, you're not my real mom. Um, And how do you respond to that? Hopefully you can think of um, something that you're grateful for because the truth is you're not their real mom. That's true. But on the other hand, you know, they're, you, you can't, um, it's, it's best to just keep a positive, uh, role in there. And I like to throw out something grateful in that setting. And I, you know, so something like, well, I am so grateful that you came into our home right now. Um, it's so much more positive than to react where, how you want to say like, well, you're not my real child. I mean, I would never say that, but I, I've thought it. (laughs) Um, Yes, it can be so painful. It can be triggering, right? To have um, your child who you are parenting and loving and um, maybe exhausted from, from doing so. Um, It can be really painful to have a child throw that at you. And yet, to be the parent, to be the adult, and still keep focus on care of the child at that moment is is really challenging, right? Yes, absolutely. And I love that idea of, of even using that as a moment to, in a very intentional, disciplined way, practice gratitude. Yes. And uh go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I I think that, you know, when you have these kids in your home as you're you're getting to know one another, um, they, you know, it's helpful to have, you know, a routine for them. And so you're going to hopefully have, uh, give children the opportunity to, to do some chores, um, because that's real world stuff and you're teaching them skills to, you know, have in adulthood. And so what do you do when a kid is not happy with the chores and complains all the time? I hate doing this. Oh, this, you know, one of my kids was famous for doing that. And (laughs) one of the techniques that we learned from Dr. Dawn, actually, (laughs) um, was called at leasting. Uh And we just did this all, all the time and we had um, we had uh, four in, in our home and it, it just was a, a routine and for about six months we just we just insisted every time we heard a complaint coming in oh this is you know oh, I you know whatever it was doing a chore what was for dinner I hate broccoli so our, my husband and I both our response was okay so you know you hate broccoli but at least and then they would have to finish that sentence with a positive and so we just got used to it and it finally disappeared it took a while but just that consistency was so helpful it really changed it really changed the mindset 
I mean, it really did. So I, I felt that was, that was a, um, a very good uh, way. And the other kids also, did, we did it with everybody. Um, sometimes, the, the other thing I, I had a thought about too was sometimes these kids have a very low distress tolerance. And so they get frustrated so easily. Um, and that can also happen when you're doing routine things. But as far as giving, you know, generating gratefulness in these kids, I think you have to celebrate the mistakes. They, they make a mistake. They've done something. They've made a mess. Oh, very matter-of-factly, you say, oh, no problem. And, you know, you have them. You, it depends on how age, the age. Um, but you can have them work on by themselves if they're old enough, or if they can't, you help them, you have them help you, but you celebrate the mistakes because mistakes happen. In fact, it's a growth opportunity. So we have to be grateful for, for our errors because we've learned something from that. And so you kind of have to generate, you have to acknowledge it and validate feelings. Oh, you know that, I'm sorry that happened, but, and to celebrate that is really important. Yes, I love that you're bringing in growth mindset, which perfectionistic tendencies, and it's not good to be such a high perfectionist that nothing is good enough. And it really uh, creates anxiety. And we have to be okay with good enough. So yes, and definitely, definitely, I think, um, you know, uh, several of the, the children that I have known, in our home and in other families home that we work with definitely can come into care or be adopted into a family with a very fixed mindset or a very harmful perfectionistic mindset, like you're mentioning that um, makes it so hard and painful even to do something like homework often. Yes. Yes. So let's see, what else? Um, what other questions? Yes, well, I feel like you have so many practical tips and so many ideas for how um, we as adults, as parents, can practice gratitude so that we're modeling it to our children from hard places and how we can, you know, do it with our children. I know you've already given some really great ideas. Do you have any more practical tips or practices for us to try oh, with our family? I, I, Yes, I do. Actually. Oh, good. Okay, good. I'm excited. <laughs> I say that um, one of the things, it depends on the, ch- the age of the child and where they're at in their healing process, but um, you can, a parent can be mindful with, the, with their child. They can take them outdoors and just notice and be grateful for the beautiful trees and the sun coming up and whatever wildlife you see out there or the fresh air that we can breathe in, or just the little things, but do that with their child is very helpful. Um, getting involved in a community group um, is very helpful too. So they can actually do work to help give back to others that are in need. So uh, my favorite thing is to share at the dinner table every night and you can go around the table. And th- we used to do this, uh, a different version when I, when I was a scout leader, which was kind of fun, but basically people can share what they're grateful for that happened that day. Um, what we used to put a little spin on it and we would ask uh, our children about, and we do roses, thorns, and buds. So roses, 
are people sharing the best thing that happened to them. Thorns are the, I hate to see the word, I don't say the worst thing anymore, but I say challenges. What were the, what was your challenge for the day? And then the buds are, so what are you looking forward to tomorrow? So that's kind of fun because it really generates a conversation and your children can hear what's going on in your own life about what your challenges are and what you're looking forward to. And also it's just a great, it's a great conversation. So I love, that's my favorite. Yes, and that sounds like uh, children of all ages can access it at some level once they're verbal, right? Yes, right. Nice, right. nice. Yes, we have roses in our neighborhood, so I'm always inviting my children to stop and smell the roses. And some days they just want to, you know, pick the rose and pluck all the petals off of it. <laughs> and some days we can just like savor and smell the roses, right? <laughs> feel so soft yes. it's just a sensory yes. wonderful thing so that's not see that's not as bad it's like right. it's fun to touch yes. that velvety yes. petal yes I know reframing our own mindset right to gratitude and yes seeing the whole picture yes I love that <laughs> what other practices might our parents do to cultivate gratitude what has worked for um families you serve or for you well children learn what they live and so what the parents if they're able to show their gratitude and say please and thank you and model respect and good manners um that that's probably the most powerful uh piece they can do the other thing is with with foster and adopted children, I know some people um, don't understand their um, uh, children that come from very little. They don't have a lot of their needs met or children that come from families who just, they, they have, you know, excessive amounts of stuff. Those extremes, um, those children grow up to be, to to have, um, uh, I'm, I'm blocking on my word. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's harmful. It's entitled. Entitled. Yes. Extremely entitled. But those that are somewhere in the middle, that kind of get their needs met. They don't get everything they want, but they, they're not on that extreme entitlement. Isn't that interesting? for years and I you know so as parents of children coming into our home I think we have to be really careful not to spoil them with gifts and it uh that's not such a thing children have to want for something they need their basic needs met absolutely but they don't need to get everything they want if if they want for something that's a motivator that's a really good motivator. So I think we have to be careful that we don't want to get, give them everything they want. So that's. Yes. And we, we live in a culture that is great at marketing to children and to parents and, and kind of suggesting that we need to buy or have a ton of things that can become a stressor in and of themselves. Like you mentioned, right? I'll tell you what, there was one Christmas we had with our family that things were very tight. 
and my back injury and we we weren't doing Christmas in our normal way and we ended up making gifts do you know my adults they tell me that was their favorite Christmas because it came from the heart yes and your children are adults now and can look back and recognize that yes yes that gratitude wow Yes. yes Yes, a reminder of the heart of it, what it is all about, right? The gift, what the gift is. That's the key factor. They're grateful. They're grateful every day. That's huge. Yeah. Wow, for adults that live to be over 100? That's the factor. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, I guess genetics has something to do with it, too. (laughs) I, I think that is good because that often good chemistry, the rest of it, you know, um, you know, sets us up for a heart attack or a stroke. So just being aware of that is really helpful. Yes. Oh God. Builds resilience. And that's what we need to do in these kiddos, especially. Yes. And, um, you know, you talking about our children who have, experience trauma and come from hard places. I know that um, many of our foster or adoptive families deal with behaviors like hoarding, um, children struggling even more with sharing or taking turns than typical kids, because that's a typical child uh, developmental learning and struggle as well. Um, But, you know, I think you've maybe touched on it with talking about entitlement, but how do we be very cautious to help our uh, young people, our children cultivate gratitude, that attitude of gratitude, and still honor um, that trauma uh, survival brain response that they may be still living out of to to help cope with what they've um, what has happened to them. That that's really tough. However, I think if we are attuned to these children and can understand where this is coming from it's not coming i mean they this is a survival mode this is a survival uh behavior and we have to honor that and so we're going to we want our children to feel safe and to trust us so you know it's important not to make demands of them to stop this behavior immediately and if a child needs to have um you know, some crackers on their chest because they didn't have enough food. Let them, let them do that. What's the harm in that? That makes them feel safe. And gradually, you know, they can make a choice. Uh, maybe there's some uh, other things that we can substitute for those crackers. And by having food available always, they know it's there as they get to know us. There's always going to be food, some fruit on the table. So if they get hungry, there's it's always going to be there. So it's just a matter of time for them to learn that. And, and we can pretty much uh, work on extinguishing those behaviors. But it's gradual. It's not going to be right away. But just to honor that child and understand that is a survival tool. That's how they have survived. And we don't want to take it away immediately. And we have to replace it with something and it, it's, it's a transition. Yes. 
And is there anything else, um, any other resources, any other suggestions yeah. that you I have for came us? Across, yeah, I came across something that might be fun for, um, for parents to check out. It's called Big, Big Life Journal dot com and it's it's a website they have um basically 20 ideas to cultivate uh gratitude gratitude in in their children and they come with uh, little uh workbooks at, for different age groups and i thought oh that would be really fun so i just wanted to throw that out oh um, nice dot com and um what else oh i i found this book it's that i really enjoy um and it's called A Year of Gratitude, um, and it's written by um, uh, a therapist, uh, okay. Jory Rose, and it's called A Year of Gratitude. And there's daily moments of reflection, uh, grace, and thanks. And so this is kind of fun. You can pick a day and read this at the dinner table. And it just, uh, yeah, I think being mindful having the ability to be grateful generates good chemistry in our blood and makes us, we benefit from that. We benefit ourselves as well as others around us. So I think um, being able to just take a few moments every day to find something you're grateful for is, that is a wonderful way to survive these difficult times we're living in right now. Yes. And the alternative is very depressing, right? To just focus on all the things perhaps right. that we can't change, can't control or right. don't That's appreciate right. will That's right. so <laughs> you shift. Have to say, well, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We're living in a pandemic and at least, you know, we're safe or we have our family or right. Yes. How to to kind of dig deep. Um, the sun still comes out every day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I love that. And, you know, um, you mentioning the Big Life Journal, uh, Donna Erickson, one of our um, longtime trainers and former foster youth herself, also really recommends that resource um, to families. So I think that would be a wonderful idea. And if it comes for different age groups, that's really helpful, especially if you have adolescents or like the older kids that um, you may need a more developed tool <laughs> to work with them on. Yeah. Well, having many resources is awesome because they all, you know, if one doesn't work, you've got the next one to go to. So yes, wonderful. Well, Lori, this has been a really helpful conversation and I've taken away some practical tips and some ideas that I'm going to try with my own children, with my spouse, with myself, and I am sure that our listeners have as well. So thank you again um, for joining us today from Washington. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Help One Child podcast. We hope that you found helpful insights and practical parenting tips from your time with us. See you next time.